Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back into the 3304 Sports Podcast. I'm Julian Bertrand, joined alongside, of course, by Nick Broyden. And we've got a pretty big week this week. Uh, we have lined up some 3304 faces that you surely know and love, and we will be having a, a live call of the draft go on tomorrow. So uh, pray for our endurance, because <laughs> uh, that will obviously take a little bit. Um, but we'll have some names coming in and out, uh, some names that will be staying around the whole time. Uh, some names maybe you've missed for a while. Um, so that's going to be very exciting to have. Um, but then on top of that, t- today, of course, we are wrapping up our mock draft. This is the final one. We are not going to do some at zero hour mock draft and drop it. We're just going to be literally going off of this mock draft. And, you know, that, that that's going to kind of be where our predictions lie. Uh, we will also talk about some bold predictions here that we saw on Bleacher Report. Um, but beyond that, uh, nothing nothing too crazy here. We'll have a pro sports episode coming out, I think, over the weekend, if not Friday. Uh, but, yeah, some really, really fun times here uh, with the podcast. We have reached one of the big moments. And, of course, we'll have more draft talk when it comes to the NBA, uh, you know, in the summer. But... That is neither here nor there. This is one of the two big drafts uh, of the year, and it's exciting to be able to get here. So, Nick, how are you, and is there anything crazy that you've kind of noticed throughout uh, mock drafting for the past couple uh, months? Yeah, man. So, obviously, doing pretty good so far, although sadly for all college students uh, everywhere around the world, to finals week is almost upon us, so a little stressed about that, trying to get some things knocked out of the way before I – start going at it but um no nah, man it, it was really fun I mean I, it's hard to believe that we've been doing this for like four months now and it seems like so long ago we were doing our first month's draft and we probably missed on a lot of picks but here we are uh nearing May and April so far and now we're on our third going to three rounds man so I, I'm honestly really ex- really excited for this one I I definitely had a lot of trouble I, I know you did as well as we were talking about it but I think we, we had a little trouble finding homes for some players, and it will definitely be interesting to see what you and I have for uh, this uh, mock draft episode. Oh, certainly. I think one of the things, particularly in this draft more than even some others, is that once you get into that second, third round, there's just so much quality to talk about and so many like teams that need certain positions that it's like, do they want the talent? Do they reach for the talent? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like, there's a player that I had, I believe, in the last mock draft that we had, I had in the second round, and he is now my very last pick of the draft, uh, or at least of the third round. So, like, it, it, it's just kind of very – it varies drastically. So, it is very interesting to be able to see some of this stuff and see some of the bold takes that we can have. But how not, why not some of the bold takes that uh, Bleacher Report also has um, – I want to knock out some of the takes that they had here because I found it interesting. It was something I was going to talk on daily radio about today, uh, but I did want to touch up on it here as of course, this is our last mock draft episode. So with that out of the way, I do want to give a, basically we'll just give yes or no's here. I don't think there's going to be anything too crazy. Uh, I mean, I guess for some of them, it's going to vary, uh, but uh, w- when you're ready, I do, I am going to start off here with this. It's the pick that you and I have talked about a couple times. Malik Willis going number two overall to the Detroit Lions. You know, I, I know he's, like, really highly talented. A lot of people have put him, uh, you know, top 10, top 20. 
I, I just I don't think in, in almost any of our drafts we had him top three. I feel like we've kind of maybe had him hovering around eight or nine, maybe in the early teens, like 12, 10, uh, 11. But I don't know. I, I don't really agree with him going that high. I remember we kind of – I talked about earlier some really stupid NFL article had him at – had Kenny Pickett at two, which I feel like is a little odd. But I don't know. I, I don't really agree with that pick, to be honest. Here's the thing. If this wasn't a team that has been adamant that Jared Goff is going to be their guy over these, you know, over last season and this season, I would say certainly because Malik Willis is someone that I think you and I agree is agree with having the highest ceiling in one of the higher floors right now in this draft. Like he does seem like a pretty pro, like modern day NFL type of quarterback. My only concern is the fact that. I don't know why the Lions would do this if they kind of expect themselves not be great next year anyways. But then even on top of that, the fact that Malik Willis is such a drastic change to someone like Jared Goff, Willis would be scrambling a lot more comparatively too, because Willis is just more of an athlete in comparison to Goff. So ultimately I think if you're like, if you were to draft a quarterback in the first round, if you're the Lions, it's certainly not this early. And it probably wouldn't be changing up how you run your offense that drastically. Um, another one here, uh, this is a little bit of a, they, they have like, they have this in sections and some of these uh, beat reporters are on the same thing. So this is on a biggest draft day trade. Uh, someone has here Maurice Moten, and this is going to be similar to a couple of my more recent mock drafts. Philadelphia Eagles move into the number 10 spot. Specifically, he has here four cornerback Derek Stingley Jr. Hmm. See, I have a different trade now. Derek Stingley Jr. is by no means, you know, a bad player. I definitely see him going at that 10 9 spot for sure. I really like him as a player, and I honestly, that wouldn't be a bad move to get him. He's a really highly talented player, uh, performed amazing with Joe Burrow and LSU. I see him going that high. I can agree with that. Just pour myself a little bit of water here. Uh, give myself a couple seconds now. <laughs> uh, ultimately, I figure it to be along the lines of this. I think Philadelphia trading up makes a lot of sense. I don't think they need that New Orleans first-round pick next year. They already have multiple first-round picks this year. I think trading up is a great idea. Now, is it for Derek Stingley? I, I can't say because Kyle Hamilton, I think, is an incredible talent, and I've had them trading up for Hamilton. There's been rumors that the Cowboys and the Eagles are looking to trade up into the top 10 for Kayvon Thibodeau if he slips. I could see that happening. Uh, I could even see the Eagles trading up and getting, you know, maybe one of their preferred wide receiver talents. Maybe they get Garrett Wilson before the Falcons do, or maybe – they trade up and get Jamison Williams because they know this year isn't their year, but when you combine Williams and Devonta Smith and everything that happens next year, maybe they'll just soar to the moon. Um, so I don't know. I think that there's a few guys that they can look at. Stingley is most certainly one of them, but the Eagles overall moving up to me makes a lot of sense. So I definitely think that'll happen. Uh, and another one that I think we both had, so I think this will be a quick answer for us. The Steelers move up for their preferred quarterback prospect. Move up for their preferred quarterback prospect. I mean, that's an absolute must need for the Steelers. I feel like, you know, we both talked a lot about it 
in the in the previous mock drafts about Kenny Pickett, I feel like that's a must need for them, and I think it's an obvious yes for both of us. Yeah, I think it's whether um, they think that other teams are going to be competing for that quarterback prospect or not. I think they have to. Um, if the guy that they like is on the board at that point, trading up, it, it, as long as you're not giving up your first-round pick next year, trading up is not going to be that big of a pain. Like, if I had to give up my future second-round pick to make sure that I got the quarterback I like, I don't care. You know what I mean? So I think that the Steelers moving up is – just kind of like written in the stars. It's just a question of who they're moving up for. Now we have a very interesting one. They have a, a biggest steal of the draft. Um, now, I don't know if they project where these players go. Um, no, okay. So, yeah, okay. So they do have where these players are like where they think that they might fall to. Uh, so let's, let's go off with these players and let's see, you know, uh, how we like them. Chad Muma out of Wyoming. I think that he's a guy that me and you kind of maybe have second, third. I could be wrong, but he's definitely a really highly talented player. And he's also has a high motor And just the way he performed last season is enough for a lot of teams to pique his interest or, or pique their interest. Sorry. And his, his like, is like his, his talent is off the board. So I'd say that he is a steal. I just really like him as a player overall. Uh, let me ask you a question here as I'm trying to look it up to make sure. Who had the most tackles in the NFL last year? Uh, I don't know. I, mm, TJ Watt? Uh, no, I think – no, TJ Watt had, like, the most sacks, I think. I'm trying to pull it up, but – hold on. The ESPN is being a little finicky here. So the person that had the most tackles in the oh, NFL God. last year – was uh the old Conkin guy from Jacksonville? Oh, it was a Logan. Okay, it was someone else during the regular season. Okay, so that that changes things for me. Uh, yeah, a Logan was the guy that did it. But ultimately, what I was originally going to be talking about was um, God, where did he fall on this list? Or was I thinking interceptions for him? I don't remember what I was thinking for this player. But ultimately, my where I was gutting with this was Logan Wilson. Logan Wilson, um, gosh, I'll just look up Logan Wilson's stats at this point. But Logan Wilson, I remember, had a pretty solid year last year for the Bengals. Uh, I don't remember if he was a rookie or not. I think he's like a second or third year pro, something along those lines. He is a second year pro. Uh, but last year, he had four passes defended, a forced fumble. Uh, five tackles for loss, a QB hit, four interceptions. I think that's the stat where he was leading for a while. Uh, and I guess he got injured. But, yeah, he did have 100 combined tackles uh, with 57 solo. And the reason why I brought up specifically Logan Wilson is the fact that he's become a leader on that Cincinnati defense coming out of Wyoming. And Chad Muma is coming out of Wyoming. And he's a great off-the-ball linebacker. Um, and he's up there certainly in that top five amongst uh, N'Kobe Dean and Quay Walker and Devin Lloyd, who is my one of my favorite linebacker prospects in a minute, um, amongst some others. I think that Muma is great. I think any team that gets him is kind of a steal. So, yeah, I think having him up there is great. I will say I don't think he's going to wait until day three to have his name called. 
particularly because of Logan Wilson and because of some uh, his being one better linebackers. However, you know, we, we can see how things go. Maybe Big 12 players get more value or something. I don't know. But Muma, I think, is definitely someone certainly exciting to look at. Uh, I'll skip past this one because you and I would say a, a, an emphatic yes about this player, David Ajabo. He's someone that I think you and I agree that if he didn't tear his Achilles recently, he'd probably be a top five, uh, top five edge prospects. Um, so I'll go on to this player, Jelani Woods out of Virginia. What position does he play? Uh, he plays tight end. I think he's a guy that I had going, I think, second round when we did this one time. But I really like him. His, his size, I mean, bro, six foot seven, 275. I mean, like, as a tight end, I mean, I don't know if you can get better than that. I mean, that is a definition mm-hmm. of a huge target. I really like his upside, in my, like, opinion. I feel like he's the best tight end in this draft. But I, I feel like he's a definite steal if someone was able to pick him up. I know there's a good bit of teams that 100% need tight ends, uh, like uh, the Buccaneers and the New York Jets. But I feel like he has a ton of upside. If someone was to get him, it would be a steal. Uh, definitely would be a steal. I think he's probably a top three tight end. I had him even slipping outside of the top three, uh, possibly due to some injury concerns uh, and also some other tight ends having some strong seasons. But yeah, 6'7", 259 is what he's listed at for Bleacher Report. Um, and he has what, th- this might be interesting. He has the highest relative athletic score among tight ends over the past 35 years, which, you know, that's, of course, including the likes of Rob Gronkowski and Travis Kelsey and some of the game's best. I think that even include Anthony Gonzalez in there as well. I don't know who would be the guy before him in those 35, but that is incredible if so. So this dude is an athlete, you know, like like the word athlete is everything that describes Jelani Woods. He's incredible uh, with the catch. He's hard to take down. He's, you know, fast, strong hands, everything. He is a great player, and teams that need tight end are probably going to be looking his way. It's just a question of if they're going to be concerned about his health or not. And if they are concerned about his health, he's going to slip a little bit farther than he probably should. If not, my bold take on him is that if there was a tight end to go in the first round, I would say Stolani Woods, but ultimately no tight end should be going in the first round. It's just uh, I have him slipping a little bit farther than he should. He probably should be a second-round prospect, but I have him slipping into the third. Speaking of, though, we have some hot draft takes here. Uh, they have hot draft takes and off-wall predictions, which also seems weird. Um, but the one that we're really going to go for here is Desmond Ritter is the draft's best quarterback prospect. Like the best in the entire draft. Yeah. Uh... I don't really know about all of that. I, I don't – I feel like that's kind of a – I don't like that. I just – no. I, I disagree I disagree as well, but what I will say is this, and I think you might agree with this. He is my – I would say outside of my uh, love for Matt Coral, he is, I think, the second best prospect. Like he – spoiler, but he's the second quarterback I have going off the board. I don't know. I mean, like – I mean, there's not much you can really say, like, about 57 touchdowns and 22 on the ground from, like, being at uh, Cincinnati from 2018 to 2020. I mean, he, he's 6'4 and moves incredibly well. I mean, 
he just he just never gives up on a play and just his sneaks and his absolutely athletic ability is just insane. I mean, I just there's not much there's not many bad things you can say about him. Now, I'm not saying that he's like a bad quarterback at all by saying like I don't agree with that. He's definitely 100% a good quarterback, but I don't know about the top prospect, but yeah, I feel like that's something that we can agree on. Now, here's the last thing. They're off-the-wall predictions, and they have some pretty wild predictions. So what we're going to do here is rather than talking about them, we're going to talk about what we think is the most likely of these. So from Gary Davenport, he says that four quarterbacks will be drafted inside the top 10. That is his off-the-wall prediction. Maurice Moton says that edge rushers take the first four draft spots. And Brent Sobleski says that eight wide receivers will hear their names called in the first round. Okay, that last one's definitely the best. That's the one you like? Yeah, I, I'll say, like, yes, the one I like. I don't know. It's – it's I don't know, because I'm debating between that the, – the edge rusher one because the best edge rushers, Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau, Trayvon Walker – you know, Jermaine Johnson, all those guys are really good edges. George Kalafidis, like, there's a lot of really good edge rushers, but I don't know about top four spots. But, like, the Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon, and Trayvon are undoubtedly could be top three right there as themselves. But top four, I don't know if Jermaine Johnson would go all the way four. I'm just not sure. But I, it's it's not – I don't know. It's just – I'm in debate between the the – Second to last one and the last one. Yeah, I mean, the, the quarterback one is just a little bit too off the walls for both of us. I agree with you there. So then it's hard. I mean, when, when I think of the receiver one, I think I think of it like this, and I count off the receivers that I know that I'll have, right? Drake London, Jameson Williams, both the Ohio State boys is four. Traylon Burks is five. And then I kind of start to struggle because I like Jahan Dotson. I like There's Christian Watson. I, I, I like Christian Watson. Um. I like uh, George Pickens a bit. I like some like very, very crazy shouts like Wandale Robinson um, and David Bell, Romeo Dallas. Like there's a lot of receivers I like, but my concern is, is I feel like now that I've thought about this again, because I, I remember I was talking about that. I think seven receivers will go in the first round on the radio show today, but then on the, in my draft has definitely gone differently. I think it's, there's just going to be, an oversaturation of talent at receiver that ultimately it's going to be hard to get past those first five guys, first five to six guys who we've all been saying are going to be first round prospects. So ultimately my favorite is the edge rushers take the first four draft spots because not only is edge rush one of the most like important positions in the modern day NFL, but we've been talking about this for, you know, the, 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 the span of the past couple of months, the fact that Aiden Hutchinson is like our clear cut number one pick. Trayvon Walker's been drastically climbing the draft charts. Um, you have Kayvon Thibodeau, who was meant to be the number one pick, but he's kind of fallen out of favor. And then you even have some other guys up at the edge spot that we really love as well. Um, Jermaine Johnson is a really incredible edge rusher. George Karlafidis is a really incredible edge rusher and someone who we've been having slip really far, uh, at least for his talent, because Karlafidis is someone that, you know, you put him in a different draft, he's probably in the top half of that draft. Um, David Ajabo is someone that if he wouldn't have been injured, I, I would have probably said that this prediction isn't bold enough. So 
ultimately I like that prediction the most uh, just because we already have three guys that we've talked about up there. It's just a function of who would be the four. So, but that, that is the bold predictions. Uh, obviously we will be saying whatever bold predictions we believe as we draft uh, w- w- with that in mind, are we ready to kick off the draft? Yeah, man, I'm ready for it. So we'll, we'll, we'll go about one by one. We'll give a little bit of analysis on these picks and we'll definitely stop on picks that like very much surprise us. And I think there might be a few picks here that will surprise you honestly, right off the bat. So without further ado, do you want to start it off for me? Yeah, I'll start it off. So uh, for the first pick in the 2022 NFL draft to the Jacksonville Jaguars, it's been a lock for me for a couple of times. So I've got Aiden Hutchinson. And the first pick for the Jacksonville Jaguars, I have Trayvon Walker. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't see that as a bold take at all, to be honest. I got nothing to argue with you there. I mean, I think we can both agree that he's like been, I mean, his, his draft grade's almost a perfect 10. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's insane the the amount of athleticism this dude has. So that's not even a bold take at that. And here's my thing with Trayvon Walker, and I might be buying into smoke with this, but over the past couple of weeks, the Jaguars have been trying to move this number one overall pick. So when I've seen smoke here, it's, you know, sometimes when you see smoke, it's just smoke. Sometimes when there's smoke, there's fire. With this type of draft, with how like loose we've talked about it being, I think with this one, when there's smoke, there's fire. So I think that the Jaguars genuinely like someone different as the number one pick, but everyone thinks that Aiden Hutchinson is the number one guy or uh, Kayvon Thibodeau or, you know, some other guy. And they, they want to, you know, they want to get those players. So I think that Jacksonville does want to trade out of this pick, but ultimately they can't. So then it's, the function of who they go here. And personally, Aiden Hutchinson is not my top option for them now. And it's literally because of these rumors that have been popping out and that so many teams are wanting to trade out of the top half of the draft. So my top two prospects now for Jaguars are honestly Trayvon Walker and Akemi Kwonu. And I debated Akemi Kwonu a lot, but ultimately I ended up with Trayvon Walker because this team does still desperately need an edge partnership for Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker, I think you can kind of fit into multiple defensive schemes. You can fit him on the edge. You can fit him even as a, just a natural DT. The dude is physically incredible. And I think that Walker can just kind of do whatever this team needs in the future. So that's why I had Walker going there. I think it's absolute fire that this team doesn't want the number one overall pick and they don't want Aiden Hutchinson with it. So they're going to go Trayvon Walker instead. In fact, yeah, and- actually, I, I will say as, as well, I didn't mean to cut you off, but one thing I even saw as well is I remember there was an article saying that there was a debate between ownership and the general manager of between Trayvon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson. So I think that just adds even more uh, fuel to the flame. Yeah, and like I completely agree. I mean, there's no like saying, I mean, the, this NFL draft is definitely going to be really exciting. I think it's going to be one with a lot of top tier talent. And for a guy like that to go that high is, you know, completely understandable. I mean, this guy is something that we've definitely talked about a lot, but also like you're bringing news to me. Like I did not know anything about that uh, Jacksonville thing. So it's definitely nice to hear some new news about them possibly wanting to move that pick, but that's interesting. And I, I do like that pick. So with that all in mind, let's then move on to the, our second pick here. 
So for number two, the Detroit Lions are getting Kayvon Thibodeau. And for number two for me, the Lions are getting Aiden Hutchinson. I mean, if the Michigan Michigan man's available, they're taking. Yeah, no, 100%. He's not going to stay off the board for, like, very long at all. For uh, the Texans, I have them picking up Evan Neal. For the Texans, I have them taking a Mod Gardner out of Cincinnati. Okay. For number four, I have IK McQuanu for the Jets. At number four, I have my third edge rusher off the board, and that's going to be Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, he's not going to stay on there for long. Uh, for five, I have Camel, Kyle Hamilton headed to the New York Giants. At five, I have something that might be interesting, something I might need to talk about. I have Charles Cross, the New York Giants. Okay. I, I literally have him taking the next pick with the Carolina Panthers. I'll, I'll save my pick after that, but I do want to explain for Charles Cross here. I actually did a little bit of research, and I was really thinking on this, right? We talked about over the past couple of weeks, uh, or at least I've seen over the past couple of weeks, that like Charles Cross has actually become one of the favorites for the New York Giants. And I was like, well, it's kind of hard to take him over Evan Neal and Nick Kemakonu, right? Firstly, I saw a report today that was interesting saying that Evan Neal might slip down the draft board a little bit due to some health risks, but I don't know if that's smoke or not. But secondly, I went and I went ahead and I took a look into a draft class that the Giants fans may not uh, like so much, but I took a look into uh, the 2020 NFL draft and I was looking specifically at Andrew Thomas because I remember Andrew Thomas, if you remember, uh, uh, was one of the like top tackles of that class. I was with Mikai Becton and Tristan Wirfs, and there's another guy that I'm forgetting, but it's another really good prospect. God, I hate that I'm forgetting him, but there's another really good tackle there. I digress. For a lot of people, not for me, I thought that Andrew Thomas was the best tackle prospects in that draft class. I'm wrong. Uh, I, I was wrong then, uh, but I thought that uh, that there was something about Andrew Thomas in the draft class, and I was right. Most people were saying that he was the fourth best tackle prospect, and yet they picked him at the fourth overall. So the Giants in the Giants organization will go their own way at offensive line or with their own picks. They've shown it before, and I think that they really like. I do think that they like Charles Cross. I don't think that's smoke and. Ultimately, I think they'd be willing to take him uh, when they see fit. And they they found, found him at the fifth pick. They're able to trade down there for me, so why not? Yeah, and I completely uh, understand that. I mean, them finally getting a little redemption. I mean, Andrew Thomas is by no means, I don't think, bad. but Oh, he's, he he's decent now, yeah. Yeah, he, he definitely – back as he, that old O-line coach. Yeah, I don't think – I don't think – I think we can both agree upon that. I, I, don't, I think we definitely – everyone expected him to definitely do a little bit better. But, I mean, that's not all of his fault. Everybody has that kind of rookie slump. I mean, we've seen tons of, you know, rookies have a not-to-great season but then totally pick it up after their next one. So, I mean, that's understandable. And then getting Charles Cross is an absolute win for the Giants. Yeah, Andrew Thomas is no by no means, like, worth that top-five selection or anything. But ultimately, when he was really bad at the beginning of his career, it was because of that horrible offensive line coach that they had. All New York Giants fans talked about it. And after they got rid of him, he not only started to do better, but then they're able to shift him back outside to tackle after they kicked him inside to guard. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Andrew Thomas is still a decent pick, still, still a worthwhile take, but 
yeah, I, I just kind of think that if the organizations find someone they like, they'll take him. So that's Charles Cross for me. And he said, Charles Cross is your six with the Panthers. I have a trade here. I have the uh, Philadelphia Eagles trading. I need to actually decide to edit this. I have the Eagles trading 18, 101, 124, and a future first round pick. Four pick six, and that's going to be Derek Stingley Jr. I actually do go with what Bleacher Report talked about. Mm. Okay. Now, I actually – I do like it. It definitely adds, like, both teams, like, don't – like, it's a kind of a win-win for both teams. I don't have any problems with it. It's a, a bit – I don't know if I would say bold. It's definitely, like, something I didn't expect – from you, I don't know. I don't know if you've really had that high of a, a trade. You may have. I just don't remember it. But I, 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 I have with the Eagles, but it ultimately used to be Kyle Hamilton. The only reason it's now Derek Stingley is because everyone's saying that he's going to be selected inside the top 10, higher than people expect originally. And ultimately, the Eagles have been talked about a lot for getting a corner for the future for when Slay starts to regress and retire. And why wouldn't you go and trade for Stingley? Yeah, and I completely understand that. I mean, that's not even a bad thing to say at all. Um, and we're moving on to seven. Yeah, so for seven for me, um, I have Ahmed Garner from Cincinnati going to the Giants. I have yet another trade, and this is the one that I did last week as well. Uh, the Saints moving up from pick 16, uh, trading pick 16, pick 98, and a future third overall pick uh, for – pick seven, and they go and draft Malik Willis. Okay. I have Malik Willis something a little bit lower. You'll see that in a second. I, I think, I mean, Malik Willis, a guy that continues to, like, definitely show people off and, like, definitely – because I remember a lot of things people talked about his weak arm talent, that he definitely proved a lot of people wrong in his uh, in his draft – in his, no, his pro days. So, I, I do like that pick, actually, to the Giants. Now, I mean – didn't they also say that they wanted Dan, they wanted to keep Daniel Jones though? Well, this is to the Saints, so. Oh, Saints! Oh, I keep on thinking. I keep on forgetting that. That's on me. Um, sorry about that. Anywho, moving on to the Falcons, I have Trayvon Walker, the man you selected first from Georgia, headed to the Falcons. Uh, Garrett Wilson has been chalk for me for a while now. I'm leaving it. I just like the idea of Wilson to there. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, now that they lost Ridley, it's kind of necessary they get a wide receiver one. In Jones, yeah. Um, and then for nine, I do have the man that you just talked about just a couple minutes ago, but I have Derek Stingley Jr. headed to the Seattle Seahawks. I do like Stingley Jr. to the Seahawks if he falls there, uh, but ultimately the Seahawks are really looking at a couple areas right now, whether that be the secondary or the offensive line. And I have them taking Evan Neal out of Alabama. Uh, mm. Slips a little bit. He's. I've had them take Evan Neal a few times now. I just really like this pick, and I think that if someone as incredible as him is there, why wouldn't they take him? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Um, so moving on to the 10th pick, I have a trade I did last time. The Eagles are receiving pick 10 from the Jets, and they're using that to select Jordan Davis. And then the Jets are going to pick – are receiving picks 15, 51, 83, and then a 2023 Philadelphia 4th. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I will say I went a little bit under value on some of these trades just because uh, there's been a lot of rumor that teams want to trade down. So I think that they're going to have to take slightly, slightly, excuse me, lower offers to be able to have that happen. But no, I definitely like the value. I like the trade. 
And I like the idea of Jordan Davis as well. I think he could be a nice pairing on that inside. At number 10, I will say, I was considering having this player at eight because I've seen some mock drafts do it recently. And I know that uh, former co-host Dan Steinbach would lose his mind if they drafted another player that, you know, really good talent, but just like not in a huge position. Uh, I'm talking about, of course, the Jets keeping their pick, but drafting Kyle Hamilton. So I was, I was joking. I was thinking about having him to the Falcons because of course he's an incredible player, but it would be the Falcons again, taking probably the best prospects of the class, but just at a position that's not of need or not, not that it's not of need for them, but like, you know, it's not a huge position, but I finally come back around to the team that I loved Kyle Hamilton going to the most. He slipped down the farthest he ever has in my draft to 10. Uh, but ultimately he does join uh, Robert Sala on the jets and I love it. And I love that pick as well. I, I sometimes I wish that when you suggest something, I kind of wish I did that, but the, also we have two completely <laughs> different minds, but also a very good pick. Um, moving on to 11, I have the man that you were very high on getting selected in the top 10, but I have Garrett Wilson getting selected to the Washington Commanders. I do like that, and I have considered the Commanders taking a receiver, but if someone like a Kemet Kwonu falls outside the top 10, the Commanders are going to be looking at their chops to get this pick. A player who can play left tackle, play left guard. He is phenomenal. He's arguably the best lineman in this draft class. Uh, very versatile. I like this pick. So Washington takes the North Carolina State product. That's completely fair. I have – so I'm kind of keeping some of the picks that I had last time. I, was, I did like some of the picks. Um, I do have, like we just talked about earlier – I have the Steelers trading up to get pick 12, and they're going to use it on no no other than Kenny Pickett. And then the Minnesota Vikings will receive pick 20, 52, and 84. Yeah, I have the Vikings receiving pick uh, 52, 84, and a future second-round pick from the, the Steelers, where the Steelers move up seven spots in the third round. Uh, so that's, that's kind of the value I was able to find. So we have relatively similar value there. Uh obviously swapping first round picks and I have the Steelers taking Desmond Ritter. Oh man, that's actually really good. I I've heard this. I've because here's the thing. I love the idea of Pitt, uh, Pickett staying in Pittsburgh. I've loved that so much. You and I have talked about that for months, but apparently Desmond Ritter has really worked himself into that Pittsburgh Steelers organization and they really like him and a lot of teams like him. And I think he has, you know, there, there's a lot of uh, things that he's been showing towards draft day and whatnot that ultimately I think he's now going to be the second guy off the board rather than Kenny Pickett, which surprised me, but that's what I'm going with. Yeah, no, and I, like, that's not even a bad I like pick at all. I honestly really do like Desmond Ritter. Sometimes I kind of overlook him. I feel like he's a guy that I don't give enough credit, like we just kind of talked about a little bit. I mean, his stats are alone are just absolutely insane. I, I definitely feel like I don't give him enough credit, but I just love the Kenny Pickett in Pittsburgh because, you know, the two tied together. And that's something that we both talked about a lot of previous mock drafts, but no, that's a really good pick. And I do like that. Um, moving on to the Houston Texans, they're going to be getting Jermaine Johnson from uh, Florida state. And this is going to be my fourth trade of draft as the Texans trade down receiving pick 2994 and Kansas City Chiefs first uh, first round pick next year as the Chiefs are going to draft Jamison Williams at pick 13. Oh, okay. Um for me for moving on to 14th, I have Trevor Penning offensive tackle headed to the Baltimore Ravens. 
Yeah, I think Penning started to become chalk for you for the Ravens. And for me, Jordan Davis has become chalk to the Ravens. Uh, I They were looking to get a big boy on uh, added into their trenches uh, during this offseason, couldn't find it. And Jordan Davis is incredible, so why not? Yeah, uh, undoubtedly. I do have him going. I had Jordan – I feel like 10 – I don't know 10, 10. too high for him. But, like, I don't know. I just really like Jordan Davis. I mean, he's an absolute beast. I know you saw the – the funny, I, I love like, Jordan Davis. I don't think yeah, it's the, bad the, at all. The Instagram videos of him just moving at top speed and the big boy hustling. I don't think I've seen a guy that big move that fast. Scary. But for 15, the um, Jets use their 15 picks that they got from that trade package to select Drake London. I love that. I actually have Drake London's falling the farthest that I've had him fall in a draft. That's not going to be like that he's outside the first round or anything, but he, he has fallen a little bit. Uh, the Eagles here, they do have 15 and I actually have the Eagles here selecting crystal lob out of Ohio state. Okay. I, I like really debated on where Drake London and Chris Olaf should go. They're just like really kind of not, I mean, similar guys to me, but, uh, it, they're just so hard to put up there. That's something we yeah. talked about before the podcast, but, uh, for moving on to 16, uh, the saints will be selecting Malik Willis, a guy that I feel like I've had slipped down the last couple of drafts. I, I, I know I kind of had a really high and then kind of slowly been slipping down, but the Saints will get their quarterback at the 16th spot. Well, you end up with the Saints having Malik Willis as well as I, but it's just mine's the trade, so that's interesting. Uh, I have the Giants here. So ironically, honestly, may, maybe, maybe these are the selections that do happen, but I just have them as trades. I have the Giants taking Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State at 16. Mm, okay. Not yeah, Jermaine Johnson, a guy that I think we could both talk about, could possibly top 10, but he's definitely yep. 13 and then 16 for us, for you. So definitely does not slip too far. Um, for 17, uh, I decided – I remember I had Trevor Penning there for a long time, for a little bit for the Chargers, but then he became uh, a regular for the Baltimore Ravens. But I have the Chargers picking up George Kalapidus, the edge from Purdue. I have the Chargers taking – and this is the highest I've had him go – uh, I have normally had, you know, fill in the blank name Georgia defensive tackle here. I have Logan Hall out of Houston going to the Chargers. Oh, let's go, bro. He's, I, he went for my third, second, the first for you. And that's the thing I hate because I remember we talked about before I had him slipping all the way down to the third. It's just so tough, but I love him and he's such a good player. He's honestly exactly. one of my favorites, but. I love that you finally you got him. You showed him love. You continue to show him love all the way up until he made it to your final first round selection. So yeah, this, this is certainly the highest. This is certainly the highest he's ended up. But here's the reason specifically as well. This is a team that if you look at the depth chart for them, obviously they have like that unique type of uh, defense that's been building recently, where you'd have like Joey Bosa on one edge, and they used to have Melvin Ingram. Now they have uh, Khalil Mack, of course. But now that with with having Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, they might play a little bit more of a 3-4 than they used to. And Logan Hall can play just about anywhere along a 3-4 D-line. And I think that Logan Hall is just an absolute monster on that inside. I think the Chargers are going to see that. And I think the Chargers are going to ultimately take that because uh, uh, having that type of front, uh, I think they do have another decent defensive lineman. But having Logan Hall with Bosa, with Mack, it's just a disgusting front seven. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, if you were able to have those two guys up front, I mean, that'd be absolutely insane. I just want to make sure if they do have another decent uh, D lineman, because I thought they did. I was looking at their depth chart when I was making this. 
Jerry Tillery's all right. Uh, Austin Johnson's a bit of a guy, but no, I think Logan Hall would be the biggest piece in their three uh, in the in their three man front. So I think Logan Hall is a beautiful fit in Chargers. Yeah, I mean, I, I do. If they were able to do that, that would just be crazy, dude. I mean, that that Chargers defense is already a huge upgrade. As it, it has been receiving a lot of upgrade, love. Yep. How about but, um, yeah? For you? Uh, you, moving to the 18th pick, I have the Eagles selecting Trent McDuffie. I like Trent McDuffie. I've kind of had him talk somewhere else for a while where we may or may not see soon, but I have the Panthers taking Trevor Penning at 18. Oh, okay. I had like, I had Trevor Penning, like I just mentioned going to the, the Ravens Chargers, or yeah. Yeah. To a long, to, yeah, I had him go to the Chargers and Ravens. That's honestly a really great look. I mean, the Eagles line getting a little bit a little bit older now, and then picking up Trevor Penning would be a huge plus to their offensive line. Uh no, the, I mean this is this is this is for the Panthers. Oh Panthers. I keep on forgetting yeah. all your trades. Sometimes I like I look at mine, I see Eagles, and then I forget that you said that you had a trade earlier. So it just makes me up. I'll, I'll I'll try to emphasize a little bit more uh, of where my trades are because I actually do have some more trades in the second and third round than I normally do as well. So yeah, that's what I mean. I do forget the amount of trades that KB has in the first round. It can be a little <laughs> confusing. But uh, for me, I do have an offensive tackle being right after yours, and I have the Saints picking up Tyler Smith, the offensive tackle from Tulsa. I do have Tyler Smith going uh, within the next, like, 30 picks, but not in the first round. Uh, the Saints have not traded this pick for me. The Saints, though, do take Drake London out of uh, USC. Oh, okay. I, yeah, the Saints – and uh, they did just sign Michael Thomas to a max, but I guess I need other receivers. They, well, him. no, they did that a couple of years ago. They've been debating trading Mike Thomas because he's become a little bit of a locker room liability and a little bit of health li- liability. So I think that London ultimately could replace him as the size receiver for the future. But then even if he doesn't, I think London and Thomas is a disgusting pairing. And I think that that ultimately helped Malik Willis uh, transition really well because I think those two receivers would just be – hard to stop together oh without a doubt and then moving to the vikings uh from my trade Both earlier us, yep. uh they will be picking up andrew booth jr from clemson we both have the vikings here and i have the vikings this has been chalked for probably the past four drafts they have trent mcduffie oh uh, okay yeah man that i just had selected to the eagles a great pick for them yep um, moving on to the Patriots. I don't know. He, this could be a little too soon for this man, but I decided to pull the trigger. There could have been better options, but I have the Patriots selecting Kair Elam, the cornerback from Florida. I actually do have Kair Elam going in this round. And honestly, I think one of the boldest takes of this uh, round for me is that I think I have six, I have four, four. I have, yeah, I have six corners going in the first round. Um, and we'll talk about those other three here, starting off with the Patriots. You have them with the Lom. I have them with Andrew Booth Jr., just to pick after your you did. Oh, yeah. Now, I, that's the thing. I was about to say, I didn't know if he was about almost too high to pick, but I'm glad that you have him as well. And for the number 22 pick, I did not. Uh, I remember I had uh, the Green Bay Packers in a trade with the Patriots. But the Packers will be very wide receiver heavy, and that's if they decide to not be stupid. But the Packers <laughs> will be selecting Jamison Williams at the 22 spot. 
that'd be an absolute steal if you guys got Williams at 22. Uh, ultimately, taking a wide receiver there is great. Uh, they do not take a wide receiver he, uh, here at 22 for me. Uh, I will explain why uh, eventually. But at 22, they're going to take Kenyon Green out of Texas A&M. Oh, okay, fair, fair. So 23 might be a little bit of a hot take. Who knows? But for the Cardinals, I have them selecting Brees Hall from Iowa State. You know, I like that. I will – you know what? I was going to say I will say I would have had Kenneth Walker instead, but they'd still have James Conner, so Brees Hall would be the versatile guy. No, I love that pick. I think taking a running back could be nice for uh, the Arizona Cardinals. They might – though I might have them packaging a few of those late picks to try to move up into the fifth or sixth round to do it. Uh, but, no, I, I like Brees Hall there, and there's been talks of a running back going in the first round. I have them taking George Carl Athidus. This happened in most of my mock drafts. I think it's just kind of going to happen now. I think he's going to be the future for Chandler Jones. Oh, without a doubt. For moving on to 24, I do have the Cowboys. I think he was a lock for me so far, but I have had them getting Zion Johnson from Boston College. And I think this is the second draft in a row I've had this happen. The Cowboys seek Devin Lloyd. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you've had him there for – the last two times and obviously a very good player. And I say, I think you seem to like some of these locks you have and I do as well. Moving on to 25, the bills will be selecting Kenyon green, the offensive guard from Texas A&M. And this is where I have Kyrie Alam going to the Buffalo bills. Mm, okay. Moving on to 26. I have, it would be a steal if they got him this low, who knows, but I have the Tennessee Titans getting Devin Lloyd. And I, I was debating linebacker for this team, but 26, uh, you know, before, before I say the pick, who has been the lock at 26 for me for two months now? Dude, I'm be completely real. I have no idea. So surprise. <laughs> like, I'm going to be like totally honest on this podcast. Like I don't pay too much attention. That's to fair. Like, That's fair. Yeah. But no, no, I'm just being honest here, but yeah, no, please, please tell me what the, 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 exactly. the, the answer is Boston college guard Zion Johnson. That has oh, been my fair, lock fair. for two months. That has been the one guy that we've talked about over and over again that, like, that pick is not going to change. It's oh, wow. finally changed. And at pick 26, I have the Tennessee Titans taking Kenny Pickett out of Pittsburgh. Mm, okay. That's it. That's – I do like that. I do. I do. Moving on to 27, for me, I have the – I, I did have a couple of these guys from the second round slip in, but I do have the Tennessee – not the Tennessee, sorry. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers selecting Perrion Winfrey, DT, from Oklahoma. And I have them also taking a DT, but it's Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia. Ooh, fair. I like that. I do. Ugh, man, I need to stop. I need to start cheating off you. But <laughs> – Moving on to 28, again, would be absolutely a steal if they got him at this spot. But Green Bay will be selecting Chris Olav from Ohio State. Yeah, that's a little bit of faith in your organization. However, I do repay your organization with a little bit of faith in this draft. I don't remember if I had this in the last draft or not, but you guys are going to trade a lot here for a specific reason. You guys are trading pick 28 pick 53, pick 92, and a future third-round pick to get pick 61 in Debo Samuel from the San Francisco 49ers. Okay. 
I remember because you had Debo going in a couple earlier mock drafts. I had him going to Houston. So and that I, would be talked with the Jets. That would be insane, dude. Because like we really talked about how Debo was like needed on the Packers, dude. I would give you. We talked about that. That would be a. I would give you a kiss on the forehead if you made that happen. <laughs> now, um, here's the reason why, right? We, we, we've talked about this before with the Packers, and this is why the Packers have become my favorite for Debo, or at least have, have been, become my draft favorite for. We've talked about the, uh, the idea, uh, first of all, that my top three were the Jets, the Texans, and the Packers, right? So there's that. that. But here's the thing about the Packers. You, you'll, you're going to remember this well, because obviously you lost Devontae Adams for this. You guys were willing to pay Devontae Adams what he got from Las Vegas. That's what they said in the reports. So you guys were willing to pay, you know, the the hundred like twenty odd million or however much he's getting paid, like the what what like thirty million a year he's getting from Las Vegas. You were willing to stump up that money for, him. but ultimately he decided that he just didn't want to be in Green Bay anymore. So you moved him on to Las Vegas and you got a couple picks for. Him. So now, why I have Debo going here is it just kind of makes sense, right? I don't think that the value is too crazy. Uh, you guys ultimately are giving up like a third and a future third with your first for him. Uh, but ultimately with this Debo Samuel trade, you're able to pay a wide receiver less money than you would for Devonte Adams. I don't think you guys would play Debo Samuel like Kyle Shanahan had him play. So that's going to be a plus for him. That's why he wants to get out of San Fran. And ultimately you get another dynamic number one overall receiver for Aaron Rodgers, which is exactly what he needs. He needs help in the receiving core. And, you know, you can help as much as you can with some rookies, but Debo Samuel is like a top five guy in the league right now, top 10 guy in the league, somewhere around there. So I think trading that value for him for someone that is still really young, he's only 26, I think that's a perfect move for Green Bay. No, and undoubtedly, it would be absolutely insane if we were able to get him that high. That would be an absolute plus for us. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, a guy that, me and you have talked about a lot and someone that really does need help. I mean, like, I remember we kind of, I kind of, in a frustrated frenzy on one of these podcasts, I talk about, I talked about how he literally had like little to no help. I mean, we've lost almost everybody and we're stuck with our number one option being Randall Cobb and Lazard and Cobb too. Yeah. It's just, that's like bottom tier wide receivers to have. And I'm not, being too I'm, – I'm trying to be friendly here to the Packers. That makes it – that helps you out any at all. But that would be an awesome move for the Packers to get. But, yeah, so with that, the Packers do land their receiver in which uh, – I, I will say a little spoiler, but unfortunately for you, I do not have the Packers drafting any receiver in these first three rounds. But I, you know what? I don't think you're going to mind too much with getting who you got. Uh but with that in mind, I do think they probably draft a guy like fourth, fifth round. But, you know, we are still at pick 28 here. So what do the 49ers do? Uh, we talked about this last time, right? When the 49ers traded DeForest Buckner, they went and they immediately drafted their defensive tackle replacement, Javon Kinlaw. They're trading Debo Samuel, and they're going to draft their immediate replacement in Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, Traylon Burks, I actually literally have him selected, spoiler, but that uh, last in this first round. But uh-huh. I do like that. 
Yeah, I mean, I was kind of debating if there's a better receiver pairing. Maybe Jahan Dotson could have been that, but I, I like Traylon Burks here. I think he's a good fit. Yeah, of course, man, without a doubt. I mean, he just he's just too fast. He's too talented. I remember I really had him selected to the Packers a couple of times, but I decided to make yeah. a move versus Olaf if he's on the board. Are we on 29 or 30? We are on 29. Okay, yeah, for 29, I have the Kansas City Chiefs getting Daxton Hill from Michigan. For 29, I have the Houston Texans after their trade earlier with the Chiefs taking Zion Johnson out of Boston College. Hey, okay. Showing some love to Zion, the guy who I picked about four love or five Zion, yep. earlier. Yeah. So for moving on to 30, this is me, my another one of my trades I've had for a long time now, but I just think it's too good to not pass up on. But the Seahawks will trade up with the Kansas City Chiefs, and the Seahawks will get pick 30, which they will use on Matt Coral, and they will give the Kansas City Chiefs pick 40, 41, and a 2023 second and third. That is a lot of value to yeah. move up there. Possibly too high. I mean, I would have to look at the trade value chart. I don't have it pulled up here. but Okay, so, yes. So, hear me out. Yeah. This would have been a lot lower. If it wasn't for Shout Out Pro Football Network declining my trade seven times, <laughs> I would have had literally pick 30, pick 40, and 41. That's literally would have been it. Just a quick trade swap of picks. Nothing big. I'm pretty sure you probably would have agreed on that as well. But no yeah. matter how many times I would pick that, it would decline me. And I was like, okay, I'll move on to the seventh and I would move on to the six and seven round picks. Nope. Seven and five. Nope. Five and six. Nope. Four and three. Nope. So I had to settle with the only one that they would get me, allow me to trade with. So that definitely is very high. I completely agree on it. That's the only way that they would have let me accept this trade that I wanted to keep in my draft so badly. So that is my reasoning. If it was up to me, it wouldn't be that much. That is actually absolutely fair. And in all honesty, uh, here's the NFL trade value chart I did pull it up. So the Seattle, uh, at pick 40 and 41, Seattle's giving up 990 points in value to get 620 points. And that's, of course, not even including the second and third from next year you threw in. So, yeah, a little wild from Pro Football Network. I do agree that I think the first-round pick should be valued a little bit higher, but ultimately I think that trade is something more along the lines of, like, Seattle would get rid of, like, pick 40, a future four, and or, like, a current four and a future three or something like that. It wouldn't be anything too crazy because, I mean, all Kansas City is losing is they're losing a, a, an extra year for a contract, but – Nah, I mean, yeah, you have to pay way too much there. So, I mean, hey, good for Kansas City. They'll get a lot more love for you, from you in this draft. But, uh, yeah, PFN definitely didn't help you out there. Uh, whereas for me, I had them not trading this pick, and the Chiefs have Kyler Gordon out of Washington fall into their laps. Mm, okay, that's – yeah, Kyler Gordon's tough. I do like him. And that is my sixth corner in the first round. Dude, I don't even know how many – I think I have a more – Guards and wide receivers. No, wait, one, two, three, uh, uh, four, five, six. Okay, I have six. So, yeah, I think we're almost about the same. Moving on to 31, I have the Bengals picking up Tyler Lindenbaum from Iowa. And this is the first pick that we've agreed on either in a while, if not throughout this draft, Tyler Lindenbaum going to the Cincinnati Bengals. Fair enough. I think that's, you know, nothing much to say there. Both agree on. I uh, know I did kind of spoil it a couple minutes ago, but I do have the Lions picking up Traylon Burks from Arkansas. I don't know if he'd really slipped down this low. Maybe not, but uh, that's where they're getting. It's reasonable. 
No, that's certainly reasonable. I do think he's a first-round talent, though. Uh, but for the Lions here, uh, I, I will say I do have them picking receiver pretty soon, uh, but it was my only mess-up of the draft. I had to flip a couple guys around, uh, but ironically, those back-back picks, so it's fine. But at 32, I have the Lions taking Daxton Hill out of Michigan, pairing him up with Michigan teammate Aiden Hutchinson. Now, I do. If they were able to pair that up, that'd be insane. It would be insane. I think they're, they're going to love their Michigan boys when they're available, particularly when they have Hutchinson and Daxon Hill can do a little bit of anything in that secondary and they need secondary help. So undoubtedly. So that wraps up our first round. Nothing too much to complain about. I think yeah. we can all agree on that. So moving on to round two, we have the first pick off the board in the second round. Devontae Wyatt will be headed to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I have the Jaguars adding another Georgia boy to their team. They got Trayvon Walker with pick one. They get Nicobe Dean with pick 33. Oh, that's good. I have Quay Walker headed to the Lions at 34. I have the Lions, and here's my mess up. I have the Lions getting George Pickens out of Detroit. Or not, uh, not out of Detroit, out of Georgia. So back-to-back -back Georgia boys. Yeah, and that, I literally, yeah, same here for me. Devontae Wyatt and Quay Walker as well. Um, there's a lot of Georgia guys in this draft, man. When you look at it, geez. I mean, yeah, you know, national title. Produce, yeah, incredible. I mean, nothing, nothing else. I mean, there's really nothing to say there. There's, when you win a national title, that's <laughs> you got good players. Thirty-five for the Jets. Uh, Lewis Klein will be headed to New York. I like Lewis Sign going there. I think it's a great pick. Ultimately, I would have had that if they didn't get Kyle Hamilton. But they did, so I have a receiver going here for the Jets, and that is Christian Watson at North Dakota State. Oh, dude, Christian Watson, I literally have him going next. I have the <laughs> New York Giants picking up Christian Watson as well. I like that, and I, do I have the Giants taking a receiver? I don't, but the Giants definitely take at least one in this draft. I just think that they've done so much at receiver recently that – Unless they were to trade a guy, I don't know why they get more receivers, if you know what I mean. It's just, it's, it, it, it's just they, you know, they paid Kenny Galladay, they still have Sterling Shepard, they drafted Kadarius Tony. It's kind of crazy. Uh, but ultimately, here with the uh, pick at 36, I have them taking Perry on Winfrey out of Oklahoma, who you had going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had to. I thought he would honestly slip a little bit lower for you. I, I would figure like maybe middle second round, but that's not too bad. For uh, 37, I feel like it might might have been a little too late. Uh, I kind of say that about a lot of these guys, but their talent just off the board. Um, but I don't think you said him either, but, oh, no, you're lying to me. What? Oh, my God. I literally just – I went I – I clicked the backslide, and it just – Went out of my entire draft. Oh, you no. Oh. Okay. Um. Well, I do. I had Arnold Epkit day, so that's my guy. So I don't really, do, you, do you do you not remember the rest of them? I I can piece together. I honestly should have taken pictures. I can't believe that it really just kicked me out like that. That's tough. I I think I can remember and piece together some guys. I definitely had some really good trades. That's fair. You know. You know what. Put together your first round verbatim of what it was because we are going to talk about that. So, But rather than that, unless you can remember your pick, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll focus on my round two to round three then, and we'll talk about why I want you to keep your round one focused uh, there as well. 
So you ready to keep moving on? Yeah, yeah, I'm ready, man. I hate okay. that I just did that. I apologize. All good, man. I mean, no, you, this is your first time using one of these, so it's, it's, you know, I can get that mistake. So all good, man. I will say, here's something interesting for a player that drops. A little bit of news from Adam Schefter dropping while we Ooh. were talking. Huh? Oh, wait, no, yeah. It, it built on my full, my first round again. Yeah. Yeah, I don't but... Know. Uh, but right. Adam, Anything, yeah, carry on, carry on. But Adam Schefter tweeting 30 minutes ago that one of the surprising players to go in the first round may be Drake Jackson out of USC, which I always liked the prospect. I think he's good. Uh, but apparently he's had 15 top 30 visits. And, uh, I mean, you know, I, I just don't think it'd be too surprising if he was taken in the first round. Apparently he's put on some weight, which is good for an edge rusher, and he's versatile. Uh, I remember where I have Drake Jackson going. It might be second round. It might be third. Uh, I can tell you right now he's in the third round. But, yeah, I mean, having him jump up is a bit of a surprise, but it is definitely interesting. Uh, you know, you'll always have those first-round surprises. But to talk about pick 37, I have the Texans getting Jahan Dotson out of Penn State. Okay, Jahan Dotson, he's absolutely tough. I think I actually had him selected a couple picks later than that. But, dude, regardless, he's such a good player, and that'd be an absolutely – that'd be a really good fit. I, I like the way you're able to kind of weave and kind of find some of these guys' homes that could really fit them. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Jahan Dawson can find a home just about anywhere, but ultimately the Texans aren't able to trade for Debo, and I think that he's a really good pairing with Brandon Cooks, and I think that Jahan Dawson could be the number one receiver for the Texans moving forward in the future. I just love the fit there. Uh, do you remember 38? Okay, so 38. Oh, this one I was kind of hyped for, too. I had – so I had the Colts and the Bears having a trade for their 40 – so the – Bears would get pick. Uh, well, no, the Bears will have 38. 38 is uh, the Jets still. Okay. No, okay. I have the Jets trading with the Colts to get, and the Colts would get pick 38, and they would use that just like Desmond Ritter. Oh, that would have been so much. That would have been so much cooler if I actually if had Desmond ever- Ritter fell out of the first round and we got him. I would not be upset about that. Uh, yeah, that would be a huge if, though. That'd be a huge if. Yeah, that, that's definitely a surprise for me. I, I debated quarterback for the Colts, uh, but you, you, you know what here? We do have a little bit of irony. So I do have the Jets trading down, but I don't have them trading down with the Colts. I have them trading down with the Washington football team who trade to them, pick 47, pick 189, and their second-round pick of 2023, and they get the New York Jets' third-round pick of 2023. And the Washington football team drafts a quarterback. They draft Matt Coral out of Mississippi. See, him I had going obviously to 30, but that would be an absolute steal if they were able to get Matt Coral for me going in that first round there. But Matt Coral would be a huge addition to that team if they are able to pick him up. I I, I honestly thought he might have gone a little bit lower for you, but for him to get drafted there, that's perfect. I, I mean, ultimately, I think that uh, with the possible smoke of the Seattle Seahawks wanting him, I think the Seahawks are looking at him, but ultimately wouldn't mind if they don't get him. But I think with that possibility being available, Washington has to trade up to make sure that they get him. And ultimately, uh, that's kind of where the, the that's where he falls here in the cards. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what the Seattle Seahawks do. This is because this is one of my few drafts where I haven't had them trade their pick. 
Oh, fair enough. Uh, 39 would be the Bears, if you remember the Bears. No, honestly, dude, that's – I just – I'm honestly, like, really just irritated at that. But, now we can – we'll just go off yours and we'll just talk about that here, the the, the guys here and there. But I, I don't – I think it's – I think it's just lost for me at this point, but that sucks. But not – so, that, that's all power to you this round, man. So, due to unfortunate events, this is going to be your draft. All good. I'll keep building one by one, and we'll talk about those prospects. Maybe we'll delve in a little bit more. At 39, I have uh, – you had him going to the Saints in the first round. I have Tyler Smith going to the Bears in the second round here, pick 39. Dude, Tyler Smith, if they were able to get him, again, that would be really tough. I mean, but his size is the first thing you look at. I mean, he's 6'6", 330, but he honestly moves really well for his frame. And if, if he was to honestly, like, develop and grow, it would be an absolute great pick for them. Yeah, I think it's great for them. And on top of that, they lost Charles Leno last year, who then put out a good year for Washington. I believe he's still there. Uh, so I think that they just want to make sure that they can get Justin Fields some protection. Uh, ultimately, building on that offense would be nice for them. Uh, though, granted, I only have them taking Tyler Smith on offense. We'll talk about their defensive players coming soon. Uh, at 40 and 41, Seattle owns both these picks to a trade down. And ironically, they do take multiple defenders out of the University of Georgia. They take Lewis Sign at the safety spot to pair up with uh, Jamal Adams at strong safety. And they take Quay Walker to replace uh, – gosh, why am I forgetting his name? Uh, but the linebacker they cut uh, – I hate that I'm forgetting his name. I'll, I'll, I'll get his name. But uh, they get Quay Walker to replace the linebacker that they lost. Dude, a Quay Walker, if they if they could snag him, I mean, obviously, George, there's so many guys in this draft. I mean, a, a guy that moves super well for his size as well. I think I had him going maybe 43rd, but it's just, dude, if he was to get off, like, when he gets off clean, his absolute length as a linebacker is just good enough to just absolutely power pass any of those offensive guards trying to go against him. And his, his like I said, his size and his speed – and it's just his ability to pursue the ball is just crazy. And I, I, his he, as an absolute talent, is so good. Yeah, he would be a great replacement for Bobby Wagner. That was the name I was forgetting. Um, he would be a great replacement for Bobby Wagner with, with this coming too. Uh, I have my second trade here of the second round, with it being the Colts moving down. They get pick 57, 130, and a future third-round pick from the Buffalo Bills. And in turn, the Bills take Kenneth Walker the third, my first running back off the board. Oh, dude, Kenneth Walker getting selected. That dude, because, like, I don't know. I had him pretty low my last time. I think I actually had him going to the second round. But his his height is the only thing that's maybe a little worrisome for me at 5'9". But he, he, he checks the box in almost everything. I mean, watching him at Michigan State – last season i mean you could just see the speed and the durability his ability to just elude almost everybody and also it was just his, his when you see him run and he gets into a defender it's almost like he bounces off them it's just they can't yeah. tackle him i mean it's for them to take their first running back that'd be awesome yeah i know dan steinbach would be smiling from ear to ear with this one because he was just talking about on radio today that buffalo should take him and ultimately i like kenneth walker i've debated whether he's my first or second guy off the board ultimately I think it's a better fit for Buffalo to get him comparatively to Brees Hall, who actually ironically have as the next pick after him going to the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Like I, I do like, like you've kind of shown a lot of some teams, a lot of love in their draft this time around. 
Now, I mean, almost every single one of your drafts has at least a winner and a loser, but this one has been a clear winner to get them to get that guy. Oh yeah, get Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson too. This it's been a strong draft for the Falcons thus far, um, and that will keep going. I, I will not lie; it's it, it's a strong draft for them. Uh, for the Browns, they aren't going to make many much noise this draft, like with trades or anything, but they are going to make some noise with their selections. Starting off here, Sky Moore out of Western Michigan. Dude, Sky Moore. I mean, he's that Western dude. Western Michigan was blessed to see Sky Moore. I mean, he is. I mean, I know I talk a lot about the same things with these guys, but his ability to just go from zero to hundred is absolutely insane. I mean, I just feel like his his intangibles as a wide receiver is crazy. And if it, if it was up to me, he probably would have been selected a little bit earlier. But he. Sh- Sorry, say again. Sky Moore would be an absolutely essential addition to any team that picks him up. I mean, he'll he'll be sure to like maybe be like a maybe this third, possibly a second option, but anywhere he goes would be an absolute dub. And yeah, so uh, for a team, you know, a, a, a team that's lost Odell, lost Jarvis Landry, and though they did gain Amari Cooper for insanely cheap value, which still annoys me, uh, I, I will say getting receivers is going to be quintessential for this team, uh, particularly with, you know, new starting quarterback Sean Watson. At 45, I actually have this different here. The past few drafts, I had it as Arnold Epichetti, but he's fallen down my draft board a little bit here. Uh, instead, it's going to be Daniel Falele out of Minnesota, who is going to be the uh, new offensive uh, tackle, at least the right tackle for the uh, Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, uh, Daniel Falele coming out of Minnesota. I mean, I know we talk a lot about size, and I've said it a lot, dude, but they, they just appear absolute size of this dude. I mean, when, when you're almost 6'9 and 380, I mean – I feel like that's almost a little too big for him. I know you see a lot of like uh, NFL guys trying to slim down a little bit, but that's, I mean, trying to move, I mean, impossible force to move. I mean, if I would love to see who's going to go up against that guy, because honestly, I've not seen a bigger guy off that line since Trent Brown. Yeah. And part of the reason why I love that size and whatnot as well is because think of all the incredible edge rushers in the North, Trey Hendrickson, uh, TJ Watts, Miles Garrett, you know, the, the, you need really good tackles to have your quarterback survive there. And I think Falele, uh, with the right development, can certainly be that. Uh, and speaking of Big Ten, I stay Big Ten bound here at pick 46, but it's going to be David Ajabo ending up as a Minnesota Viking. Oh, dude, David Ajabo. I really like him. I feel like, I don't know if it was him. Is it him who tore the, the ACO? He tore his Achilles. Yeah, Achilles. If it wasn't for that, I'm sure without a doubt that he would be a first-round talent. I mean – I think he'd be top ten for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, I remember because I had him going to the Packers a little bit, and then he kind of – he tore it, and then he was kind of off our boards for a little bit. But, I mean, that would be an absolute plus to get him. I mean, I'm sure whenever he recovers from that, it'll be a plus and for any team that gets him. And uh, I don't know if you're – okay, what pick are we on? Uh, we are about to move on to 47. Okay, so I don't know if you're good with it, but I, I just kind of did just a complete sim of everything, and I hope 
I just I won't overlap on picks. But I mean, is it okay if I just like totally just simmed it and I just like start saying my picks as well? If that adds anything to it. Uh, if, if you think the picks are interesting, you can go ahead. All right, cool. But I don't, I don't know how the PFN picks are. The PFN picks might go a little bit crazy. We can, like, go, do a couple and then just see how it goes. Yeah, at pick 47, this is where the Jets traded down to when they traded with the uh, Washington football team or commanders. Uh, they draft Roger McCreary out of Auburn. Mm, okay, Roger McCreary. Dude, uh, another a guy in Auburn that I actually really like to watch, but he's been a starting course since 2019. I mean, he never – I mean, he was never a guy to ever just, like, give up on a play. I mean, dude, six six interceptions, 23 pass deflections, and absolutely locking up on any wide receiver that comes across him will be – is just, like – he's just a guy that will just be able to fit in any scheme you put him into. And he doesn't back down from any battle against any wide receiver. Kind of Jalen Ramsey-type confidence. And then at pick 48, I have Travis Jones out of Connecticut to the Chicago. Okay, so we'll just go on that pick, on my pick. Let's see. I don't know if, you, if you'll if you know, but for the 48 for me, the, the pro football has selected the Chicago Bears to get David Bell. I like it. I think David Bell is a great prospect, uh, someone who's kind of slipped out of favor for everyone with how uh, draft days have gone and whatnot. Uh, and this is even the ease receiver, so I could see it. At 49, I have Bernard Raymond uh, going to New Orleans. And honestly, all three New Orleans picks here have been home runs here to help their offense. Yeah, you've kind of hit the ball on a lot of those guys. For 49, the Saints, they will be getting Perrion Winfrey from Oklahoma. I like it. Their D-line is getting a little bit old. At 50, uh, about halfway through, we have Arnold Epichetti uh, to the Kansas City Chiefs. Arnold Epichetti, he's a guy that I had going, you know, very early before pro – Football you had him going to Houston, yep. Yeah, kind of just kind of slapped me in the face and told me, no, not today. But for 50, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, are getting Jalen Tolbert from South Alabama. Okay, I can see that if they don't get a receiver uh, prior to. At 51, I have uh, Boya Moth ending up in Philadelphia. Mm, okay. For 51, and I hope you can just kind of just like give me a little pointer if any of these guys have been selected earlier. But I have uh, the Eagles picking up Majai Sanders from Cincinnati. Majai Sanders, I love him. I think he's a great talent. Uh, he was really good for Cincinnati. I just think he's unfortunately slipped down some people's boards. But, no, I, I really like him. I think that's a decent pick there for the Eagles. And 52 is where I have yet another trade here. The Vikings, this was this used to be the Steelers second round pick. Now it's the Vikings, but the Vikings trade down again. They get picked 58 and 114. And the Atlanta Falcons select here my third trade in the second round. They get Sam Howell, quarterback out of UNC. I I honestly think I maybe had him going to the Saints in mind, but Sam Howell, a guy that we 100 percent talked about before the podcast. But I mean, he just he could have been. He could have been, in my opinion, like I kind of wanted him to go a little bit higher, but I just – I can't really ever tell with Sam Howell because I, I don't know if he's first round, but he's definitely second round, but I just don't exactly know where to put him. But for 52 for me, I mean, not up to me for Pro Football Network, but the Titans have a trade that they got pick 52 from the Steelers, which they use on pick 26 to get Matt Coral. And the Titans received pick 52 in a 2023 Pittsburgh first. 
and the Titans use them that use that pick to select Quay Walker from Georgia. Interesting that they got a second this year and a first next year. I mean, I, I think the value matches up, but uh, yeah, I think that's definitely a lot more of a risk for Pittsburgh. That's why I don't like throwing around for future first round picks too, yeah. too much, particularly when you get out of the second round. Um, but no, Quay Walker be a incredible pickup for the Titans if that was to happen. Uh, but yeah, um, and, and again though, I will say I hope you didn't have Sam Howell going to the Saints because I remember you had Malik Willis going there, so. That would be two quarterbacks on the same team if that was to have happened. But we don't know. We, we, we don't know due to the unfortunate backlink. But, uh, yeah. At 53, uh, San Francisco 49ers got this from the Packers in the trade, and they're going to take Cameron Juergens out of Nebraska. Oh, dude, that's tough. I love Cam Juergens as well. For me, for – I mean, not even for me, for Pro Football Network because I got this draft. They selected Tyler Smith, a guy that I had going way in the first round. But that's who the Green Bay Packers slot got the 53rd. That's interesting, particularly because he took most of his reps as a left tackle. Uh, you know, so that means he'd probably be going to the right tackles uh, since Bakhtiari is one of the best in the NFL. But no, nah, I mean, that would work. I think he'd be a good fit there. 54, and this is one of the players that slipped down the board for me. Uh, at least comparatively to my most my other recent mock drafts, I have the uh, Patriots continuing to upgrade their secondary and get Jaquan Brisker out of Penn State. Mm, Jaquan Brisker, a guy that, dude, he has a tremendous upside. I just, like, hope he doesn't get screwed up by a team. That's just, like, we've seen that a lot with some, like, guys that just select, get selected to a team. They have a bad coach, like we just talked about with Andrew Thomas. I really hope that he does well. For 54, the New England Patriots are selecting Jalen Petrie, the safety from Baylor. Oh, okay. PFN and I both go safety there. I do love Petrie as well. He's someone that I have fluctuating somewhere between, you know, first, second, somewhere around there. Uh, 55, I have Kobe Bryant from Cincinnati in Arizona. Uh, shout out to four. For 55, I have Kyler Gordon selected to the Arizona Cardinals from Washington. Okay, a little bit of a, a little bit of in sync here between PFN and I, just slightly different players. Fifty six. I have the Cowboys taking John Mechie the third out of Alabama. Oh, okay. Yeah, two alike players. Nothing wrong with that. For uh, fifty six, the Bills will be the <laughs> yeah, Bills. Yeah, they'll be selecting Kenneth Walker the third, a guy that we kind of just previously talked about. At fifty six. Yep. Did they trade for that pick then? Because they had fifty seven. Oh wait, hold up. The trade is okay. So the Bills, yeah, the Bills traded for pick 56, with I just said they use on Kenneth Walker, and then Dallas received pick 57 and pick 130. Uh, PFN? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Why no, did I mean, they move up one spot? What did they? What, what was Dallas threatening them? Like, like they had <laughs> Kenneth Walker tied up in a chair. Dude, that's what I'm saying. Like, the, I hope, like, this doesn't, like, mess up the episode. I hate that I kind of, like, oh, I didn't. <laughs> I, like, we could hey, have. I, I, find it, I find it interesting what the AI wants to do. Yeah, so, I mean, I'll just do it. Like, you can just do your pure AI, and then I'll talk about what PF fan would have suggested. But I had, like, such a real draft, and this is just, why would they move up one spot? <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that AI. That's funny. That's, that's really funny. They, 
they really think that they like you know lots of Kenneth Walker in a warehouse, and they're like, we are not gonna get him, give him to you unless you give us pick one thirty, <laughs> unless you move up one spot to get one Kenneth spot, Walker. and you give us the world, you're not getting Kenneth Walker. But no. uh, I mean, hey, we both ended up with Kenneth Walker, just in different picks for the Bills, and fifty seven is where the. Colts landed after trading with the Bills who got Kenneth Walker for the Colts pick where it used to be. The Colts here at pick 57 are going to take you mentioned him earlier, David Bell. Why is he out of Purdue? Uh, he's an Indiana boy. A lot of Indianapolis fans wanted him back. I think the Colts take receiver in this draft class and I think David Bell makes a lot of sense. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, if he was a get there to Indy, that'd be an awesome pick. So for after um, the Bills had Kenneth Walker hostage and then threatened Jerry Jones. The Dallas Cowboys will be getting Drake Jackson from USC. I like that. I think Edge could that could be a nice pairing alongside uh, Micah Parsons. At 58, I have Jalen Tolbert uh, ending up a Minnesota Viking after that trade that they had with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, yeah, that's my third receiver in a row. That will end my receiver run, to be fair. Mm. For... 58, the Falcons, they were a guy that I selected much earlier in the first round in my previous one, but the Falcons will be getting Brees Hall. I like that. I like that. That's where I, I had them being Brees Hall as well, but also, again, way earlier, like pick 43 or something. Uh, Chad Muma is who I have the Packers taking here, 59. Dude, that would be tough if we were to get him. For the Packers for 59, I have them getting the one only Kobe Bryant. That'd be nice. They do need some secondary help. I debated that in this draft for them. 60, I have Sean Ryan to UCLA. Dude, no way. One in a million chance. Uh, PFN has also selected Sean Ryan to head to the Yeah! Table. Woo! Me and the AI in sync. We have not missed a step too much other than that weird warehouse lockup. You know, we've been on board pretty well. Uh, 61 is where the Packers ended up after that trade with the 49ers uh, for their other second-round pick, and they end up taking Abraham Lucas out of Washington State, offensive tackle. Dude, dude, I don't know why, but that name is just so tough to me. But I obviously, it. like just Abraham Lucas coming off the edge, that'd be so tough. For 61, the San Francisco 49ers are going to nab Ed Ingram from LSU. I like Ed Ingram. I think he's a good talent. He did slip for me a little bit. And I will mention that that was the Packers' last pick of this draft for me because, obviously, they traded the third rounder. Yeah, you traded a lot of, yeah. Yeah, so ultimately, though, hey, Kenyon Green, Chad Muba, Abraham Lucas, and then ending up with Debo Samuel, I think that's a pretty good first couple days for the Packers. If I do say so myself. I would like pop champagne. Like, dude, that'd be insane. (laughs) If they were out to do, that'd be, like, an absolute sick draft. Do I think it's going to happen? Sadly for UKB, I don't think so. But if we were, like I said, I'm driving over, giving you a free meal and a kiss on the forehead. <laughs> yeah, the, you'll, you'll, have to, you'll have to pop the champagne for me <laughs> because because I am the one that can legally have it. Yeah, bro, <laughs> me, me sitting here in my undergraduate dorm, bro. No. <laughs> but for 62, the Packers are selecting Cameron Thomas due to their trade that they had. With the Kansas City Chiefs, yep. which the Kansas City Chiefs use on pick 22 for Jermaine Johnson, and the Packers then receive pick 29 and pick 62. Oh, huh, I like that. I, I like that little thing that PFN did there. 
Uh, 62 is still the Chiefs, of course, for me, and I have them getting Jalen Petrie. And it picks 63 for the Bengals. I have them taking Trey McBride, the first tight end taken out of Colorado State. To the Bengals? Or is it safe? Are you serious? Yeah. You matched up again with PFN. Um, yes. The Bengals are selecting Trey McBride from Colorado State, matching up with KB. The, the AI and I are just in sync. I love this. At 64, I have uh, the Broncos taking Christian Harris. Yeah, so for 64, the Broncos have selected Daniel Faleo from Minnesota. You know, I like the idea of tackle for him. Uh, I do have them – actually, no, I, I debated they're taking a tackle, but I, I figure they'd do that in the fourth round instead. Moving on, though, to the third round, third and final round here, I have Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati ending up a Jaguar. Oh, dude, the Jaguar is getting another – I feel like that's somewhat of a steal, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, for I 65, agree. I have the Jaguars picking up Kingsley and Anik Barr. Yeah. Love Barr. He's one of my low-key favorite prospects. No, I, I love that. He's a great edge rusher. Oh, uh, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, a little bit of a, South Carolina, right? Yep. Yep. He's a little bit of a do-it-all type of guy. Uh, he, he's good at coverage, good at rush, uh, rushing the quarterback. I feel like it's just this is such a good edge class that he's gone a little bit under the radar. I mean, in all honesty, like if we were to talk about sleeper picks, he's one of my sleeper picks. I love the talent that he can bring to the field. Uh, 66, I have the Detroit Lions taking another Big Ten player, but it's not out of Michigan or anything. It's out of Penn State. They take Brandon Smith. Dude, that dude, that would also be awesome for the Lions. I think the one thing that we talked about a couple podcasts ago would be the Lions, like, need to just kind of upgrade their depths. If they were able to get him, that'd be another great addition in this draft that you definitely kind of gave a little bit of a helping hand to. But the Lions, for me, 66, are getting John Mechie the third from Alabama. Love it. I do have them taking receiver earlier, but no, nah, Mechie would also be nice there. Uh, I have yet another tight end coming off the board here. I have a lot more tight ends going coming off the board here than I did in other drafts, which I actually am happy about because I did want to find more tight ends homes because there's a lot of really good ones. Isaiah Likely to coast, uh, out of Coastal Carolina is a giant in my eyes. Oh, yeah, dude. I think that we kind of talked about the somewhat like maybe or maybe not like the low tight end thing, but I think we've kind of realized that there's definitely a lot better guys we may have perceived that we're kind of now taking a lot in the second and third rounds. I mean, I even have one going in the first. But for 67, the New York Giants are selecting Troy Anderson from Montana State. Yeah, I mean, I remember I took a lot of those tight ends towards the bottom part of the third round originally. I didn't have as many in the second. I could have had it higher. I remember when before my mock draft reset on me earlier today, I did have a tight end going a lot earlier uh, than even 63. But, yeah, I, I, I digress. Basically, I think the tight ends are – I think this is a decent class. Uh, just not a crazy class, no first-round talents, but, you know, some good guys. 68, I have – this is the guy that Schefter was just talking about might be a first-round surprise. I have Drake Jackson ending up in Houston. Mm, that dude, A guy that I had selected a little bit early. I'm actually surprised he kind of slipped that low for you. I'm not going to lie to you. But, I mean, 57 compared to 68, it's not that big of a deal. But uh, for 68, the Houston Texans will be selecting a guy that we talked about a, long, a little bit ago, but they are going to get Sky Moore. At 69 here with the New York Jets, I have them taking Troy Anderson, the linebacker you and I both really love. Oh, yeah. So for 69 for the Titans, they had a trade with the Jets, sending pick 90, and then the 2023 Tennessee third rounder to the Jets, 
And then the Jets gave them pick 69, which they use on Al Pierce. Oh, I love that for them. It would be a good receiver pairing with uh, A.J. Brown. And after they got that future first from Pittsburgh, why wouldn't they trade a future third? Uh, 70, the last pick for the Jaguars in this draft, I have them getting Fidarian Mathis out of Alabama to add to their D-line of Trayvon Walker and Josh Allen. Oh, dude, that'd be good. For 70 for me, I do have a guy that I think you like. I could be wrong, correct me. But I have the Jaguars in the last pick of their draft getting Nick Cross from Maryland. Oh, I love me some Nick Cross. Yeah, no, he's he's been rising up people's draft boards. I want to find a way to get him in the second round. I couldn't, but he is going to be coming up soon. Uh, and I did like the place where I was able to uh, find him a home. At 71, I have uh, – you had him going a lot earlier. Uh, he is my final pick here for the Bears. It's Mijah Saunders. Oh, yeah, dude. I love him as well. For 71, the Bears – We'll be getting Martin Emerson from Mississippi State. Love that. I did have Martin Emerson slip a little bit uh, here as well. Uh, but I don't have him going to the Seahawks, though I do have them taking a corner, is Tariq Woolen out of UTSA. Dude, I do like that. For 72, the Seahawks will be picking up Nicholas Petit Ferrer from Ohio State. I don't know if that I don't know if I botched the name at all, but that is their pick. No, you do. It is Nicholas Petit Frere in PFN and I almost matched up. I have him at 73 to the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, that would have been so close. Um, For 73, the Indianapolis Colts are snagging Abraham Lucas. Love it. I mean, hey, we put, both PFN and I have him as an offensive tackle. We have, we have had some symmetry here, PFN and I, and a couple of them being a little bit scarily similar. Uh, 74, I have DeMarvin Leal ending up a Falcon. Oh, that's tough. I have not just for his name, but the Falcons are going to be getting Romeo Dubois or Dubos from Nevada. Romeo Dow, I think it's Dalbs. I could be wrong, but not. I, I, I don't know. I kind of saw maybe fourth round. I don't I think I ever picked him in my three rounds. Uh, Romeo Dalbs is ending up somewhere soon for me, but he is a third rounder. I have Nick Benito out of Oklahoma being the uh, first uh, or the edge take here for the Broncos. I have them very much focusing defense here in this uh, late second and third round picks they have. Oh, okay. So 75, there is a trade. Uh, so the Ravens are getting Tariq Woolen, and they oh, – it's one of those PFN things, dude. It's the 75 to 76. All right. So they, yep. so they, yeah, so, yeah, they, so they got – they yeah. lost a bullet in the warehouse. What did they get for him? So after locking Tariq in the woodhouse and threatening him and his family, the Broncos have got pick 76 in a 2023 New England fifth. You know what? That's not as egregious. It's not as egregious. It's, yeah, it's not as bad as the first one, dude. That one was terrible. <laughs> you know, moving up one spot does happen sometimes, but, like, that's twice. Come on, PFN. Uh 76, I have, uh, the, you know, the guy I love, a little bit of a sleeper, Kingsley Enigbar going to South uh, – out of South Carolina going to the Baltimore Ravens. That guy who's gotten a, a lot of love from you. And then, of course, for 76, the Broncos are nagging Nick Benito. Bro, why would they do this? No. <laughs> they did not trade one spot, put someone – you know, throw the key to, into a river to then just – they're messing with me. I hate it. I hate it. Dude, I just love how, like, I did the most random, like, like just the most random mock I could find 
and just like just run the sim to see just talking to keep up with you just so i had a little bit of input just so we weren't just kind of like i was like oh yeah this guy's good and we were just kind of going off but dude pfn has seriously been matching up this is i don't know if this is not by chance we could have had three similar picks but no but no that's spicy why would you do that to me pfn 77, I have the Steelers in that earlier trade with the Vikings. They're now up seven spots in the third round. They take Nick Cross out of Maryland. So the Vikings keeping their pick. If they get 77, they are selecting Cole Strange from Chattanooga. I do have Cole Strange ending up here soon. I like him. Good guard prospect. 78, I have Cameron Thomas out of San Diego State. For 78, the Browns are – I don't know. I could be Botcher's man, but they get Federian Mathis. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's who I had earlier to uh, the Jaguars. Yeah, I think that's a strong pick for them. 79, the last pick for the Chargers in this round. I have them taking Greg Dolchik. So the Chargers for their last pick, they're going to get Calvin Austin III from Memphis. Like that. I was debating Calvin Austin III ending up in the third round somewhere. Just couldn't find a home for him. 80, I have Kirby Joseph uh, ending up a uh, Houston Texan. You are going to hate this. So I'm going to going to spoil these first these the next two just for the sake of you um, 80 and this is actually exactly what i had for my last draft but the texans are getting isaiah spiller and then at 81 the new york giants are getting kirby joseph you want to know what makes this even worse what i have isaiah spiller at 81 dude so we literally just flip-flopped that's funny yeah yeah you you pfn and i flip-flopped here uh, cause I had Isaiah Spiller 81 to the New York giants because of, uh, what we talked about last time with the giants and their concern at running back. And I had them taking Brees Hall at one point, but I thought that that was a little bit much. And, you know, after doing this whole draft and having a good bit of time to think about it, Spiller making a lot of sense here to him. And at 82, I have Ole Miss edge rusher, Sam Williams, ending up a Falcon. Oh, dude, I do like that. So for 82, they are getting not Mike Wazowski, but. Matt Weltko, or however you say his name. Matt, Matt Weltko out of North Dakota. Yeah, I like that. I have, I have Weltko going here pretty soon. 83, I have Leo Chanel out of Wisconsin ending up an Eagle. You said Leo Chanel? Yep. <laughs> oh, dude. 83, I have Eric Ezukama for 83 heading to the Eagles. And then for 84, the Steelers are getting Leo Chanel. I know who you're talking about too. It's uh Eric and uh hold on, I need to find his name. Dude, these names are getting hard, dude. I hold on. He, he no, I think he might still be on my board. Uh Eric uh, uh Eric as a conma out of uh Texas Tech. Yeah, I I debated drafting him and I couldn't. Uh but 84, this is where the uh, Vikings ended up after they trade the Steelers, but they get Ed Ingram out of LSU. And at 85. I was trying to find a home for him. I said on the Daily Radio today, I did say uh, it was going to be Buffalo, but it's going to be Bill Belichick in in his wiseness. He will take Matt Areza, punter out of San Diego State. Dude, tough pick. I remember we talked about punters possibly going way earlier. Not, that's yet. good. That's they good. needed to find a home for Matt Areza, and he finds it in New England. That's good. I do like that because I, I, dude, he is like one. He's quite. He's the best punter. But yep. for 85, the New England's going to get Justin Ross, a wide receiver, to pair along to Vontae Parker. And uh, the, the other guys they have out there, I like that. Um, 
uh, PFN was never going to put Matarese that high. Uh, 86, I have Martin Emerson. Uh, this is where I had him going. I had him going to the Bengals, but the Bengals had to trade up to get this pick. The Bengals trade pick 95 and pick 136 to get Martin Emerson. Mm, okay, no, I do like that. Moving on to 86 for the Raiders. They're going to get Zachary Carter from Florida. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the Raiders here soon. Uh, at 87 is where Romeo Dalbs goes for me out of Nevada. No, oh, that's tough. For um, headed to Arizona, it's going to be Matthew Butler from Tennessee. I have Butler going here relatively soon, but not immediately after. That's where I have Matt Willetsko going to the Dallas Cowboys. Mm, okay. For the Dallas Cowboys, not just because of the name, but they will be getting Khalil Shakir from Boise State. Love Khalil Shakir. I do have him going here relatively soon as well. 89 is where I have Matthew Butler going to pair up with Ed Oliver at Buffalo. Uh, we could have been, we could have matched up almost so close again. But the Bills are going to be getting an 89. They're going to get another tight end, a guy that I also really like as well, Jeremy Ruckert. Oh, Ruckert out of Ohio State. Yeah, I like him. I don't have him going in my top three rounds here. I do have a tight end going next, though, and it's Jelani Woods ending up a Titan. Oh, okay. That's tough. I have uh, Cameron Jurgens from Nebraska heading to the Jets. Like it. 91 out of Tyler uh, Algier out of BYU. He's a Buccaneer. Oh, okay. I've so the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have selected Carson Strong. I have Carson Strong coming up soon, but not as a Buccaneer. Ninety-two in the trade with the Packers. Alante John, uh, Alante Taylor, quarterback out of Tennessee, is now going to be a 49er. Ooh, okay. So for ninety-two, a guy that I love and you selected, and we talked about a little bit earlier, but um, ninety-two, the Packers will be getting Logan Hall. Ah, uh, yep, yep, guy we both love, and I know you said he slipped into the third for you, so maybe not too far off where you originally had him. I have Cole Strange out of Chattanooga also being ending up a 49er, back-to-back picks. Dude, okay, that's tough. I do like that. So not Cam, not that Cam, but the 49ers are going to get Cam Taylor-Britt from Nebraska. Who out of Nebraska? Oh, oh, Taylor-Britt, Taylor-Britt, Okay. Uh, 94 here for Houston after trading, of course, with Kansas City earlier. They will get Khalil Shakir out of Boise State. Oh, okay. For 94, the Kansas City Chiefs will be picking up Isaiah Likey from Coastal Carolina, a guy that I had selected way earlier in my second round. I have Isaiah Likely. Where did I have him selected? It was a little bit earlier. He ended up – was in New York. Yeah, he ended up as a giant. Uh, but here at 95 with the Raiders, after that trade to the Bengals, they are going to draft Darian Kinnard out of Kentucky. Oh, okay. For <laughs> what pick was it again? 95. Okay. For <laughs> 95, uh, the Bengals are getting Verone McKinley. And 96, the Broncos will be getting Darian Kennard. Well, I would have had Kennard drafted for the Broncos if he was there, but he wasn't. Uh, I wanted, uh, and I think the Raiders desperately do need a tackle uh, with their only selection of this draft for me. Zachary Carter is what ends up the, being the Broncos pick here at 96. Ah, okay, that's tough. Uh, how many times have there been one after another for us so far? There's been like at least three or four, right? We've, we've matched up on like two picks, maybe three, and it's been one, just one off, like three picks three, maybe four times now. Jeez. 
Yeah, so for 97, the uh, Detroit Lions are going to get Jerome Ford from Cincinnati. The Detroit Lions here get Carson Strong out of Nevada. The Saints on 98. I think the final pick of our draft, at least, for these three rounds alone. They'll be getting Brian Cook from Cincinnati. Yeah, Carson Strong was the last pick for uh, Detroit there. Uh, this is a trade here. 98 uh, was what the, the Packers ended up getting in that package when they moved down with the Saints earlier. Uh, the Giants will take Brian Asamoah the second out of Oklahoma. And at 99, the Browns are going to take Justin Ross out of Clemson. Oh, okay. For 99, the Browns are going to be getting Wandale Robinson from Kentucky. I was trying to find a home for Wandell Robinson. I was really debating the Browns, but I already had Sky Moore, and I thought that would be a little bit too much speed with Amari Cooper. That's very unfortunate. At 100, I have Lasita Smith going into Baltimore. Oh, okay. For the big 100, I have Rashida or – or no, Rakad White, from the running back from Arizona State. I, I'd probably guess Rashad White there. Rashad, yeah. okay, yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've seen him going up at least on PFN's board, so I haven't heard too much about him uh, outside of PFN. 101, a pick that used to belong to Philadelphia but is with the Panthers after their trade. The only other pick the Panthers have in this uh, three rounds for, uh, for me, uh, they got Trevor Penning earlier. They get Kyron Williams now out of Notre Dame. Oh, okay. So pick 101 for me. The Eagles are going to get Jake Ferguson from Wisconsin. I like that, I believe. Yeah, that's another tight end off the board there. 102, I have Rasheed Walker going to Miami. Oh, okay. For Miami, I have them getting Mario Goodrich. I feel like I should know who that He's is. He's a cornerback from Clemson. Okay, okay, there you go. Uh, at 103, I have Charlie Kalar out of Iowa State going to uh, Kansas City. Oh, okay. For 103, I have the L.A. Rams getting Sam Williams. Did they do a heist with Kansas City? No, they literally no, they literally just like it's 103 and then it's 104 for the Rams are getting Sam Williams. Wait, so it was 103 then. What it was Mario Goodrich. It was 102. Oh, wait, no. 102, I said Mario Goodrich. Yep. 103 is the Kansas City Chiefs, and they're getting Sam Williams. Sorry. Okay, the last time that PFN and I can possibly match up, what what are they doing at 104? So at 104, they're getting Brian Asimov the second. Uh, so it's not going to match up because I had Asamoah going up at 98. I have them getting Cade Mays at 104. And my final pick of the draft is going to be where, you know, I couldn't find a home for him at many other places, so I decided screw it. He's going to go to a place that needs wide receiver. Wandale Robinson is going to end up in the 49ers uh, receiving core. And for the last pick for me, I think I hope I didn't already say him, but they got Damone Clark. Out of LSU. Yeah, no, you hadn't said him. That's one of the guys that I tried to find him home in this third round, but I couldn't. Some guys that, you know, just missed out like Jeremy Rucker, Taylor Britt, Jerome Ford. He was in my third round uh, last week. Uh, Verone McKinley out of Oregon. Uh, Calvin Austin, the third out of Memphis, uh, Jake Ferguson out of Wisconsin, Kate Otten, like uh, Demo Clark. There's some guys that, you know, give or take could be third rounders. Even James Cook going as high as I think the second, if not third round for me with Arizona and now completely falling out of the, uh, out of the uh, top three rounds for me. Definitely some changes here 
I will say for mine, we aren't going to go winners or losers for years. Uh, but if my draft was to somehow be perfect, uh, definitely a winner has got to be uh, the New York Jets here able to get Thibodeau and Hamilton, two of my favorite prospects in this draft class, definitely two of my top five guys. Uh, but then also getting Pickens is a beautiful compliment to Elijah Moore. Roger McCreary at corner, I think, would be a nice pairing with, uh, with uh, Bryce Hall, former UVA player. And then Troy Anderson at 69, one of those underrated picks. Really love that for him. Uh, I mean, I love a lot, of the, the, a lot of the drafts I put together for these teams, but I would also give a big old shout-out to – uh, honestly, I give a shout out to the Packers here with Samuel Kenyon Green and Abraham Lucas. They do a lot there to give Aaron Rodgers some protection and some love after getting an extension, uh, which ultimately means that I probably am wrong because the Packers never like to show Rodgers love other than through the means of monetary gain. Uh, and then also Chad Muma at 59 was also a nice one. I would also, honestly, I'd give a shout out to the 49ers. The 49ers getting a few picks from the Packers and they're able to make every single one count Traylon Burks and Wandale Robinson is a huge double receiver addition. Uh, Cameron Juergens and Cole strange added to their interior offensive line is great. They definitely need to add some offensive line there, protect Trey Lance, protect their running backs that they are able to continuously land. And then Alante Taylor at corner, pretty decent addition. I, I liked what I was able to read about him really talented at Tennessee and they, they need more upgrades at corner going in the future, but this will certainly work. Uh, I'm trying to see if there's another team that I do really love here. There's really not going to be any that I hate. Uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and here and have the last team that I love what they did, uh, or at least what I was able to do with them. I'm wa- honestly wanting to find a team with a quarterback if I could. You know what? I will find a team with a quarterback. And that's going to be the Atlanta Falcons. Sam Howell as a possible future. I love that. Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson are two immediate, uh, it, like, huge additions. DeMarvin Leal, I think, would also start for them right off the bat. Really talented out of AM. Honestly, he's one of my favorite players in this draft as well. Could be a first, could have been a first-round pick in my eyes uh, a few months ago, but he's just kind of slipped with all the other talent. And then Sam Williams is another great piece there to add off the edge. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of really solid drafts, a lot of stuff that I really like. I will say, I don't think I made any crazy, crazy trades. All all I did, if you're looking at next year's draft that is crazy in any sense, is the fact that uh, I'm trying to remember now. So you have the now multiple first round picks for the Panthers. The Panthers now have their own in new Orleans first round pick. So new Orleans is going to, have to do as well as they can to not help their division rivals. Uh, Kansas city trading their first round pick to the Houston Texans. The Texans now have three first round picks. Honestly, you know what? I'm going to even mention the Texas is another team. I love, I mean, think about it. Mott Gardner, huge corner addition, uh, Zion Johnson. They're able to get some offensive line help for uh, Davis Mills. Jahan Dotson, huge receiver add. Drake Jackson's definitely slipped and they took advantage of it. Kirby Joseph, solid safety addition. Khalil Shakir, another great receiver addition. So actually, Texas are probably my best draft that I put together in all, all full transparency. But yeah, a couple a couple teams uh, adding to their first-round talent next year. Texans now have three first-round picks. You include that Cleveland one as well. They got in the Sean Watson trade. I don't know. That's a lot. I, I had to talk a lot, a lot of analysis. Uh, what do you guys say? 
I mean, honestly, like I will say truly in all honesty, if I hadn't accidentally pressed that backspace, like I didn't wasn't even, I was just literally just trying to close out a tab and I pressed that back thing and I did not know I would lose all progress. I had honestly one of the best drafts that I had ever made. Honestly, I feel like you probably would have liked a lot of what I could have had on there. Uh, a huge L, but you know, we still made it work. Honestly, we still got it through. No, no problems. Honestly, I feel like we can both live with it. Um, and, and definitely we had a fun, we had a kind of a funny aspect added to this, uh, episode with seeing all the random and stupid picks made by PFN. But honestly, I think you had a lot of, like, you kind of give a little bit of love to different teams every single time we do a mock draft. And this one was definitely the Packers for sure. I feel like there's a lot of players that we had add up. We definitely had a lot more tight ends this time and running backs go up, especially because you had that punter be taken uh, in later, you know, way in that third round, but still a guy that we you hadn't had. But overall, over the entire process, I think we've definitely – I've gotten a definitely new insight to mock drafting. I, it's, it's really fun. I do enjoy it with the PFN, although it didn't give me the best of hands. It was definitely a fun thing to do this time. It was new. I definitely really enjoyed how far we've come in our mock drafts, but, you know, we'll get, we'll just have to see. And I'm honestly really interested to see how many of your picks is, like you said, this is your final. Um, so I, I'm kind of interested to see how many of your picks actually hit, but I think there's definitely a lot to look forward to. And definitely we'll just have to see and, you know, tune in tomorrow to see what all goes down. And here's the last thing that I was going to debate, and I'm going to go ahead and walk over to the important place of where it is. Which, if for anyone who is familiar with the podcast, may know what I'm referring to. Now, you you may remember your first round verbatim. You may have to get the audio from me to remember. On the line here, I wanted to bring this up. I wanted to see if if, if this is uh, what we want to do. I think that whoever lands the least amount of picks will just stay in the first round. But granted, if we do have some second round picks, maybe eh, – no, let's not even throw the second round, just the first round. I think whoever lands the least amount of picks in the first round takes a – not not like a shot shot, but like a, like a little bit of – like a, put a spoon – put something on a spoon the last time. Huh. A little bit of a challenge there, a little bit of a fantasy loser. Kind of like what, what what we did with the picks series and what I think will continue with the pick series next year. A little bit of that, Apollo. A little bit of that last stab. What do you say? Honestly, man, you know, I'm down for it. I, I think I remember a good bit of what I, I know. I had a, nothing in the first top ten. I had the Kenny Pickett. A lot of my guys actually kind of stayed the same from what I did last time. I took for a few exceptions, just a couple different guys in a couple different places. But we can always go back and listen. But, no, nah, man, I'm down for it. All right. So, honestly, we'll probably do it during the Pro Day episode then because we'll know the results. Uh, but that means that you're either going to have to walk over to my place or I'm just going to have to put it uh, on my own spoon. The last stab challenge has been dropped. We have not had the last stab, of course, since January uh, when I won the pick series against Stan Steinbach by only a few picks. I, I tried to choke after I had a huge lead, but yeah. I'm even going to take a whiff of this sucker before we end this episode. <laughs> just, just, just aged. It's aged. You got to take a little bit of a whiff of it. No, I, I want to take a whiff to remind myself of the pain and 
yeah yeah that is that is hot i i, I can i can smell that it can it, it tickles the nostrils when you open it up i'm surprised you know did not burn oh no it's not gonna burn i mean hey you know for any viewers that uh saw that episode as well i took a shot i, I took it to the last stab there in celebration of daily radio and uh dan and i's time together so you know i'm not unfamiliar with it and i will say it, this this is what i meant by it as well we'll take it at like the beginning of the episode or something like that that's what i was ultimately meaning oh yeah no i like i mean i'm like totally good with that we'll just have to see how uh Everything goes down in the draft day tomorrow. We will be fighting to see who has to take that stab. Yeah, exactly. Then we'll ultimately we'll do it at the beginning of that pro football episode or, or the, the pro sports episode because we'll have a lot to talk about with that, ladies and gentlemen. Obviously, we have the NBA to talk about. We'll have the first round of the Champions League to talk about. Um, there's probably some news here and there that I'm just kind of spacing that we'll have to add into that. Maybe even if Maybe we'll even throw in a an NFL trade if there was like a big player trade that happens during the first round. But we will see what happens. With all of that being said, Nick, it has been a long episode. It has been a, an interesting episode. All, of course, focused towards the mock draft. Uh, if you all are, of course, interested, we will have a very long recording episode uh, starting tomorrow. Um, I think we're going to start try to start 30 minutes before the draft. Uh, to give ourselves a little bit of a pre-show. And we will be uh, recording throughout the entirety of the first round. So probably like, you know, 7.30 Eastern Standard to like just after midnight. Uh, It will be a long shift here for your boy. Uh, But we'll have some fun guests, some faces you may remember, some new faces. And it will be a lot of fun to be able to talk about it with y'all. It'll be a lot of fun, of course, to talk about it with you, Nick, because you will, of course, be there for a little bit of time. Uh, but yeah, with finals week, we have a lot of stuff coming up, but with all of that being said, ladies and gentlemen, it has been a pleasure to have mock draft season with you. It has been a pleasure to lay out yet another last stab challenge, whether I have to succumb to the last stab or not. Uh, it will always be fun to bring it, whip out this little bottle of pain. And I'm going to be very interested to see exactly where we move with that. And I hope you all are very excited for that as well, because in the next short episode, we will, of course, see who is taking that uh, shot at the last stab. But without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, thank you all so very much for listening to yet another episode of 3304 Sports Podcast. Um, I've been Colby and Bergstrom, joined alongside by Nick Royden. Do stay tuned. we got a big week here at 3304 as we're closing in on not only the end of the mock draft season, but end of the semester. Thank you all very much and have a great rest of your day.